0: Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an Oxy or a Perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info. What's my purpose? What's my future? I
1: don't know. We're back with On Second Thought from GPB. I'm Virginia Prescott. The U.S. mental health care system is a multi-billion-dollar industry, yet countless people living with or affected by mental illness fall through the cracks. Georgia ranks 47th out of 50 for access to mental health care, resources, and insurance coverage, making it even tougher to live with disorders that most data and experts find to be under-researched, over-treated, and over-stigmatized. The Hope Givers Mental Wellness and Music Festival is taking place this weekend at the Sweetland Amphitheater in LaGrange. And they're trying to make a dent in that. That is just a little taste of Judah and the Lion performing on the program of music and wellness and workshops. Tamlin Hall organized the event and is in the studio to tell us more. Welcome, Tamlin.
2: Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. Well,
1: it is Mental Health Awareness Month. This is a term of a big and complex umbrella. What do you hope to do with this festival?
2: Well, our festival is really about one thing. It's about hope. It's about inspiration and I always, anytime I, I go around the country and I speak, uh, I use this word, humanity. And I always say, humanity wins. And that's what this is going to do for this community, for this state, and for this entire country.
1: Well, so Hope Givers is this festival that yes. you put on. And you've also, this is a personal thing for you. You wrote and directed a film called Holdin' On. We've got a little clip to play from the trailer.
2: Today is one of those days you can have your window rolled up or down and still be comfortable either way. Those are the best, man. They talk about it happening when you're down, when you hit rock bottom, when you can't take it anymore. But I know what it's like when it happens. It should. Because I'm dead.
1: Holden On is the name of that feature. That film was dedicated to one of your friends who died by suicide. What did you want people to know about his story?
2: Holden had more humanity than anybody that I've ever met in my life. Uh, when I was younger, when I was growing up, I was bullied, I was picked on, I was very overweight and I, I didn't have very many friends. And I didn't feel like I belonged in this world. And. Um, and there was a guy who was a couple years older than me who would give me rides whenever I asked him. He would tell me jokes. He would make me laugh. And it, it, that sounds so simple, but sometimes we just need we just need to laugh with somebody. We just need to have that human interaction. And uh, and that was Holden. And he was voted friendliest of a senior class. Um, he was one of those who knew no strangers. Uh, his humanity shined not just with me, but with everybody else. And so when he died by suicide, he was 19 years old. I was a junior in high school, and. His life just made such a profound impact of, my, of, of mine. I felt like he helped save my life. So ten years later, I, f- I had a calling to tell the story, and I sat on it for three years because I felt like, at the time, I you know I'm not a writer, not a director, not a producer, not any of these things. That you know, we're not good enough. I'm not gonna get it right. I'm not gonna do all these things. And and finally, I wrote his family a 13-page handwritten letter. I was living in Los, Los Angeles at the time, and sent it to Georgia and and they said yes and that propelled this 10 year journey to to get Holding on made.
1: Well that film you showed it all over the world all over the country you showed it to the Georgia Legislative Assembly and this is something that we get like a story like that about somebody there's something about the way that artistry speaks to mental illness in the way that maybe, um, you know, someone standing up, an expert showing numbers may not. And I wonder if that's part of it with the music festival. Is that why you're doing music?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I... It's, it's funny that you said that. I, I was in Breckenridge, Colorado. We had this conversation about how hard is it to get somebody, a community, to come on a Wednesday night to talk about suicide prevention, and we're going to throw up some slides, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a PowerPoint, we're going to have all those things. And I just think as artists, we have such a profound impact on changing, uh, shifting someone's idea of what this is, because we can accept everybody for who they are. This is just a, a normal thing, just like cancer, just like breaking your arm. We can do that, but what we have to do is kind of go around the back door and tell these stories and be authentic and be real and just do it in a way that we're shining a light on everybody's voice and everybody's story because once we do that, we start to relate to each other and we start to know that, oh, I'm not alone in this. Oh, you have a story just like mine. Oh, my goodness, I'm just your son's just like mine. Let me share my story. And it just becomes this pay it forward thing. So that's what we're doing with the music festival. We're just saying, hey, we're all in this together. We all need help. We all need hope. Let's come together as a community. Let's give a whole bunch of hugs. Let's meet our neighbors that we have never met, even though we've seen them at the grocery store for the past 15 years. We're going to say hello to them. And all of a sudden, because of this interaction, this communication, just like stuff that we've lost in this world, we're going to be able to communicate again. And we're going to love each other. We got to love each other. We got to love our neighbors just like we love our own kids.
1: Okay, you got me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, you know, I have seen those presentations that have been super effective in their own way, but there's also a number of speakers who are going to be be at the festival this weekend in LaGrange, by the way. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Mel Carter is among them. She's head of mindfulness education and innovation at NYU, New York University. Mel, are you with us?
0: Hello, good morning. Hello, how are you? I'm
2: lovely. How are you all doing? Hi, Tamlin. Hey, Mel. How are you? <laughs> so
0: oh, we're, so excited.
1: We're hearing a lot of, you know, what I'm hearing from, Mel, um, from Tamlin is all about positivity and hope. And that's something that a lot of people, I don't think, necessarily associate with talking about mental illness. So mm-hmm. what is your role? How did you get involved in this event, Mel? Um, so
0: I'm involved in the event. I mean, I... First of all, I'm just a big fan of Tamlin, and I'm a big fan of Tamlin's work, um, and to be a part of something that is going to spread hope in a way that's unique, it's full of expression, it's going to allow connection and cultivate a sense of belonging, uh, I couldn't say no. Tamlin is a, is a buddy of mine, um, and uh, I, again, it's really just that I'm a big fan of his work, and. What he's putting together is so phenomenal and so needed and so unique. And um, it just feels like an honor. It was a no-brainer to say yes.
1: Well, mindfulness and meditation, this is something that a lot of people are talking about. I mean, they're doing it in the military. They're doing it in the government. They're learning this, these kind of techniques. And we hear about, of course, millennials feeling burned out in the workplace and children who witness massive school shootings. So, Mel, what for you inspired you to take on this position as, as the head of mindfulness? How did you get there?
0: So, you know, it's been a long journey for me, and it really started out with my own personal story. I, too, have struggled in the past. I, too, have um, as a young child, was picked on and bullied, and I didn't have a language or an outlet to ask for help, and I didn't have tools or resources to help me move through the challenging emotions of what it means to enter emerging adulthood. And as I continued on my own journey getting into meditation and mindfulness and my spiritual journey, um, uh, I'm a longtime transformational coach. Um, when the NYU opportunity presented itself, and I had the opportunity to be a part of the development of students and our, our next generation of leaders, again, that was a no-brainer for me. I fell in love with the student population. And, you know, if I think about when I was in college, I wasn't dealing with as much as these students are dealing with now. And, you know, if I can be a part of helping to reduce the stigma to give them tools and, be, and um, help seeking behaviors to help them deal with the challenges of what it means to be in college and in emerging adulthood and the first time in free thought, well, you know, I have to have that pay it forward moment
1: too. Well, Tamla, for you, I mean, these bands, people come to see these indie bands, you know, uh, the War and Treaty is going to be playing, yeah. a number of different bands are going to be playing. Do you think people are coming expecting to hear uh, this is how you keep yourself sane and centered?
2: I think that they're going to come and experience, I always say, like, hey, Let's bring the cool factor. Let's bring the factor of getting the people in the door, and then let's hit them with the mission. Because that's what we want to do, because the War and Treaty, Jude and the Lion, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, they all have their own personal stories, and they're all going to share their stories. And we say, if we can do that, we're going to leave. If we touch one life, then we've done our job with this music festival, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all we're trying to do.
1: Well, what is the draw for them? Did you choose those bands specifically they because they talked about it? I,
2: I, yes, I will say that the, um, the director of Sweetland Amphitheater, uh, Kea Loveland, she uh, Curated this this festival um, with the bands. She knew that these are the bands who really have a have a mission of hope and acceptance and a willingness to talk about it. Uh, These bands, you know, national bands. They headlined. Judah and Lion just dropped their their album there on the Today Show last week, and uh, it was something to get a community. One thing I struggle with with. This may be a different topic, but, you know, growing up, I grew up in LaGrange, and it was an hour south of Atlanta, and it always felt like, oh, man, Atlanta got everything. Atlanta, like, these big cities always get everything. Why why can't we get stuff in my little rural town? And that's the struggle with everything, even mental health, even, you know, everything that we're dealing with. Like, we always feel like these rural communities don't get the access that cities do. And so we said, hey, let's put this in a rural community. Let's take the risk. Let's get a demographic of reaching out to college kids and teens and youth and a different demographic that is typically at Sweetland Amphitheater and let's go for it. Let's take the risk. Let's get them there and let's touch some lives.
1: Yeah, so do you feel like in a small town surrounding that the way that we look at and treat mental health is different perhaps? I mean, I know there are a lot of, you know, kind of codes and cultural norms inside of small towns that that may be either more communally accepting or maybe even less. I don't know.
2: That's the risk. That's how it's, it's, it's tough because it there are differences. Um, and when you go, when you go to different communities, you start to see, you know, the stigmas and that. You see all that stuff, but you see it in big cities as well. You see it in urban communities. We're all so similar in the way that we treat the stigma and the, you know, t- talking about our neighbors and and blaming and doing these things where we go, well. If we just stand up to this and we share it, then someone's life is going to get touched by this, whether, you know, you're in your community, you're at work, you're at your church, wherever that is, um, we relate to this so much in every single place in the state of Georgia and in the nation and in the world.
1: So Mel, we have just about a minute left, but I'm wondering, you have a background in the music industry, career as a music business executive and hip-hop management Did you did you what correlations do you see in between music and mental health? This is a, an industry that maybe more than others, there's drug abuse. You know, creative people have a whole different sets of tensions. Do you see any correlations?
0: I do. And I think what's so beautiful is that the, the three artists that are going to be at this event, and the fact that they're going to be sharing their stories, the fact that they're going to be honest and be an example of what's possible is what's going to be the most impactful and powerful you know music is medicine music allows you to enter a part of yourself and like tamlin was saying earlier that shift have that shift and it can be the connector it can be a word or um, cultivate a pathway of belonging that when you feel alone and you put on that music and it brings you to transports you to somewhere else so music is a healer and to have that as the foundation of this festival, to bring people together, to be in celebration of what hope can do. I mean, music is hope. And yes, there are artists that struggle. And I think the fact that we have three artists that are coming and, you know, actually all of the speakers that are coming, that we're going to be all so willing to share our stories and to join in in the celebration of hope and promote hope. I mean, when you Mel, I'm gonna for... I'm
1: going to have to stop you right there. I'm so sorry no, we're no. out of time, but I really appreciate it. Mel Carter is one of the speakers on the program this weekend at the first Hope Givers Mental Wellness and Music Festival. Tamlin Hall is organizer of the festival. It'll be taking place this weekend at the Sweetland Amphitheater in LaGrange. Bands like Judah and the Lion and the War and Treaty and Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors will all perform. You're listening to music from War and Treaty, a band from Alabama.